Today, we're continuing our series on dreams, which we started last week. How many of you were here last week? Did you learn something? Something good? Good. So we'll continue today. Last week, we looked at understanding dreams. So I will not repeat myself. I'll just quickly, in like five minutes or less, highlight the main points from last week and then quickly jump into this week. We're looking at interpreting dreams, how you can interpret dreams. Shall we pray? <coughs> can someone close the door? I think it's coming in here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We invite your presence to be with us. Give us insight into your word. Come, Holy Spirit. He said that the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. These are not just ordinary words that we are about to hear. Let the life in your word affect our lives so that we will be a reflection of who you are in this dark world. Thank you, Lord, that none of these words will fall to the ground, but it will find a fertile soil in our hearts to bear fruit unto your glory. Give us understanding in ways that only you can. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Is the temperature okay? Yeah. It's not the kind that will make you fall asleep? No falling asleep. Okay? That's why I know everybody's name here. So, I'll call you if I see you trying to get a dream whilst we are talking about dreams. All right. <laughs> okay, so last week, last week we talked about dreams and I started off by this scripture here where we looked at the benefits of dreams. In Job 33 verse 14, this is a very key scripture about dreams. It says, for God may speak in one way or another, yet man does not perceive it in a dream. In a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men, while slumbering on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction in order to turn man from his deed, which is purpose, plan, way, and conceal pride from man. He keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. Okay? It says, God speaks to man. So last week we realized that God is always speaking to us. God is always speaking to us. And as you're sitting here, there are many voices in the atmosphere. Do you know how I know? If you get a radio and you tune in to 1250, you'll hear someone speaking. You tune into 99.5, you hear someone speaking. And all those waves are right here as we are talking. 
some over your head, some going through your ears, some going through, but you still cannot hear anybody talking. Why? Because you haven't tuned in. And so as we're sitting here, God is speaking. God is even saying something to you. But you're not hearing probably because you haven't tuned in. So he says God speaks in one way, in another. So one of the ways God actually speaks to us, we saw last week, is that he speaks to us through dreams. And the beauty of dreams is that you don't have to be a pastor to have a dream. You even don't have to be a Christian to have a dream. Even people who don't believe in God, God speaks to them through dreams. Because God loves us. He doesn't want us to be destroyed. Right? So even unbelievers, God speaks to them through dreams. And we saw that there is some benefits that we get when we are able to understand when God speaks to us through dreams. One, God speaks to us to give us instruction or guidance. You no, know, He opens their ears and seals their instruction. So he guides us. You want to do something, and God knows this is going to destroy you, he gives you a dream. This young man who looks so nice and coming to propose to you, and you're so into him, and you think that he's just the right person, but you don't know that he deals with in drugs. You don't know that, but God knows, right? And so he's coming to propose to you, and as you sleep, God gives you a dream, and this young man is giving you a slap in the dream, right? And you wake up. Hmm, what kind of dream is this? God is actually trying to speak to you that if you go ahead with this man, he's going to abuse you. And so if you listen, he would have guided you away from destruction. That's how God speaks to us. Rarely will an angel appear to you whilst you are eating your um, rice and contemporary stew. An angel will appear beside you and say, My daughter, don't go ahead with this young man. It, doesn't, it rarely happens. It will be in a dream. And that young man would maybe just give you a slap. And then it's God speaking to you that, Hey, watch out. Where you're going is dangerous. So God speaks to us in a dream. To guide us. He also speaks to us to hide pride from us. You know, because as he guides you and then you become successful and you do well in life, you can't really boast that, yeah, you, you, you made all the right choices and you did everything perfectly. You know very well that you would have chosen the wrong guy to marry if it was not God that gave you a dream and turned you away from your own path. Right? So then you are humble. And you're able to say, I am what I am by the grace of God. So, the countless other benefits. Other benefits is that God can save your life from death through dream. Right? Jesus is a clear example. When Herod wanted to kill Jesus, he instructed all the babies under two to be killed. How was Jesus saved? Through a dream. God appeared in a dream to Joseph and he said, run away with the child to Egypt because Pharaoh will come and look for the child. And so Joseph took Mary with him and baby Jesus and they flee, went to Egypt. That's how come when Herod killed all the babies under two, Jesus was not among them because in a dream, God preserved his life from death. 
So dreams are very, very important. Dreams are not the kind that you want to ignore and you don't want to be ignorant about. You want to know what to do with a dream when you have it. That's why I think that this series we're doing is one of the most important series you've ever um, been in. So that was last week. Um, we talked about what happens when people don't understand their dreams. It's three reactions. They're either fearful or you get confused or you're deceived because if this person who gave you a slap, God is actually trying to tell you that stay away from him, but you think that the slap means that he loves me so much. That's why he's slapping me. <laughs> You're deceived. Do you get it? <laughs> You're deceived. And so it's important that we know how to understand or make sense of our dreams. And so then I said, in order for us to do that, we have to understand the sources of our dreams. You cannot really understand your dream accurately if you don't know where that dream is coming from. And I said there are three sources of our dreams. One, our flesh. Two, the devil. And then God. You can have dreams that's just coming from yourself. Like you're going to bed and you've eaten too much eating too much, you're overfilled. It's likely you would sleep and have a dream that you are continuing your eating. <laughs> right? And that dream is nothing else but coming from your flesh. It's nothing spiritual about the dream. It's not like somebody trying to give you um, witchcraft, like um, people will tell you. Sometimes um, those things happen, but Oftentimes, it's just too much eating. Or you're hungry, and then you sleep, and then you're eating. It means you're really hungry, right? So your flesh can give you dreams. Then we also saw that you can also have dreams from the devil. The devil actually gives dreams and visions. We saw that he actually gave Jesus a vision. After Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, the devil came to Jesus and gave Jesus a vision of the whole world. In one moment, the devil was able to show Jesus all the kingdoms of the world. Tokyo, uh, Amsterdam, um, Toronto, Accra. <laughs> he showed him all the nice cities of the world in a moment. I mean, how is it possible that in just a moment you can see all the cities in the world? Is that possible? No, unless you are seeing a vision. In a vision, it's possible. And so the devil came and gave Jesus a vision. And he said, look, I can give all this to you if you only bow down and worship me. And so the point is, the devil can give us dreams. Now, if you have a dream and you know that this dream I'm having is from the devil, you know exactly then what to do with a dream. But if you think that the dream that's coming from the devil is actually coming from God, boy, you're already deceived. I was telling you about a dream I had when I received a text message in the dream from heaven. And the text message said, do not be afraid to take Araba Smart as your wife. This is not a joke. This is real. And I had that dream. 
and Araba Smart, whoever she is, is not my wife that I'm married to now. And I knew that dream was from the devil. Right? And today, we're going to talk about how you will know when you get dreams like that. So that's the devil. And then we saw that how is a devil able to give us dreams? We call those dreams demonic dreams. Dreams from the devil, demonic dreams. And we saw that from the book of Jude, if you remember, that you, we open ourselves up to demonic dreams when we defile our flesh. Jude talked about filthy dreamers, people who engage in defiling their flesh. And from the book of Galatians chapter 5, we saw what that meant. Sexual sins, um, quarreling, and then the occult, right? Three. So sexual sins, fighting and quarreling, and engaging in the occult. All those are sins that defile your flesh. So sexual sins, pornography, fornication, um, all those stuff, right? You engage in that last, you just open yourself up. You go to bed, I, I mean, the, the bingo, you have a sexual related dream. You, some spirit may come sleep with you or those nasty, nasty, nasty stuff, right? Those are demonic dreams. You're always fighting with someone or there's this person I'm not talking to. Oh, I don't talk to her. Oh, we are not on talking terms. No. I made a vow to myself a long time ago that there should not be a human being on earth, wherever they are on the surface of the earth, that I can say that I don't talk to. I don't care what you do to me. I'll make sure that we settle it. Not for your sake, but for my own sake. Because when you are fighting with a human being, you block your prayers. It doesn't matter how prayerful you are. Your prayers don't go anywhere. God doesn't hear you. Okay? And so you always want to release people when they offend you for your own sake. So I took that decision a long time ago. So I told you last week, somebody offended me, really hurt me. What did I do? I prayed for the person and I bought a gift and gave to the person. And then my heart was released. Okay? So you do whatever you have to do to be at peace with all men. Bible says in Hebrews 12, verse 14, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. You see? So if you're always fighting with people, always crying with people, if you can't see the Lord, you think he can hear your prayers? No. No. Then we saw that... Um, Demonic dreams come through your, if you engage in the occult. So you're involved in horoscopes, talking to mediums, going to the psychic. Um, all those things are occultic and we shouldn't engage in them. And if we do, we open ourselves up to demonic dreams. Is this a question about last week's lesson? No, it's, it's about the horoscopes. 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 With, uh, okay. okay. Uh -huh. Okay, we're learning about like a shaman talking about it. And he told her that that's demonic. And I'm telling her what she said. Your science just said that's demonic? No, no, no. She oh. didn't ask you that's demonic. She said something about, oh, it's where the 
moon is pointing here. Da, 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 yeah, da, the zodiac. Cancer, Virgo. She knows everything about it. Mm -hmm. like, oh, it's demonic. And then after we were arguing. And yeah, so, yeah. So is that engaging, basically? Because I have to learn that. Oh, no, no, no. You're learning it in school. It's different. It's, it's, it's when you are engaging in it for yourself. Oh, what is my sign telling me about what's going to happen to me next week or in this new month? And so you go, you go onto the internet and then you go and read it for yourself, right? When God is telling you what's going to happen to your life, but you, are, you put God's thing aside and you are looking for what the devil wants to tell you about what's happening to your life, right? Now, which of the two do you think will have more power to make happen to you what they want it's the devil and that's why you don't want to um, engage in that engage in that meaning looking up to what it's going to say about you you shouldn't care you shouldn't even follow it okay if it pops up on your screen don't even bother to read it don't be even curious it's curiosity that killed the cat remember so don't even be curious oh i'm just reading it just as fyi don't even bother about fyi so that's occultic. And then we, we looked at, I already talked about quarreling. So that's how kind of we ended last week. Today, we are looking at interpreting dreams. To interpret something is to explain it, right? To explain it. So I said last week, if you remember, that dreams, there are some dreams you have that are direct. I mean, there's no interpretation needed. It's what you saw. That's it, right? But most of the dreams you have are symbolic because dreams is always couched or set in symbolic language. So it's symbolic. So like what I just told you, somebody you want to, who wants to marry you or propose to you slaps you in a dream. Yeah, of course, it's symbolic. Does it mean that, oh, today we're going out to eat, so maybe he's going to slap me, so maybe I shouldn't go out to eat. Yeah, that, you could say that, but likely that that is not the meaning of the dream. The most probable meaning of such a dream is that this person you are going to marry is going to be abusive. So you have to stay clear. And it doesn't matter how good he looks, you have to say, I'm sorry, bye-bye. Right? So we have to understand how we can interpret or explain dreams. Why is this important? Now, this is important for two reasons. One, because... If you get it right, if you get it right, you can save yourself from a lot of mess. But two, if you explain it wrong, you can fast track your own distraction. Right? So, so explaining or interpreting your dreams is critical. It's actually even more important than having the dream. Because if you have the dream and you cannot explain it, you, 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 are, you are in a difficult position. You see, even the people in the Bible who were not followers of God, like Pharaoh and Nebuchadnezzar, those idol worshippers, they knew the importance of dreams. So that when they had a dream and they didn't understand it, they didn't just put it aside and continue life as usual. They were troubled. They were worried about it. No, I had this dream. I don't understand it. I don't know what it means. And they were so worried that they went to every length to try and understand. Nebuchadnezzar actually declared, if all my magicians and people cannot explain their dream to me, I'm going to cut off their head. That's how worried he was that he couldn't understand his dream. 
right? And Pharaoh went as far as picking somebody from the prison to explain his dream because he knew it's important when you have a dream, you don't just stop there. You need to understand it. There are two people in the Bible who were officially called people who could interpret dreams. Like the whole Bible, they had that official title as dream interpreters. I mean, I like to have such a title. Isn't it awesome? And everybody can tell you their dream, and then you can quickly understand it and interpret it. There were two people like that. I already gave one away. Who is that? Joseph. Joseph. Right, Joseph. Emmanuel, read it for me. Amen. I have heard it said of you. So he had that reputation that he can interpret dreams. He can interpret dreams. I had a dream, Joseph, and I was carrying a basket on my head full of bread. And the birds of the air were eating from the basket. What does this dream mean? You know, you have a dream like that. Would you, make, would you think that this is a serious dream? You, you would think that, what's this? This is... But it's actually God speaking. And God was speaking to the person about their death, that they were going to die in three days. That was that dream. And so when he told Joseph the dream, Joseph knew immediately what the dream meant. And he said that in three days, your head will be chopped off. And it happened. In three days and he died so dreams are so important I mean think of it if what's his name Justin Trudeau came here and Clarence he told you something would you take it seriously of course the Prime Minister of Canada is telling you something you take it seriously because he has the power to make whatever he's saying come to pass right he has all that whatever. And so God walks to your bed at night and tells you something. Should you take it seriously? You should. If you are a wise person, you will take it seriously. You won't just say, oh, it's just a dream. So, Joseph, who was the other one? Daniel. Daniel. Daniel 1.17 says, as for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom amazing literature and wisdom literature is not talking about spiritual stuff it's talking about academic stuff god gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom and daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams so these two people if we want to focus on these two people, I mean, there's more to do, but I think we can try to find out what was it that made them have this ability to understand visions and dreams. So we're going to talk then about what you need to interpret dreams. Number one, you need the Spirit of God. It's one thing that these two people had. You need the Spirit of God. Of God. Any questions at this point? Okay. You need the Spirit of God. Emmanuel, any, please read for me. 
Genesis 40, verse 8. And they said to him, We each have, we each have had a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. So Joseph said to them, Do not interpret, interpret, interpretations belong to God. Tell them to me, please. Amen. And read this one, Genesis 41, 15 to 16. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream, and no one could interpret it, but I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. I cannot do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Amen. Amen. So here you see Joseph being called upon to interpret, and each time he is saying, it's actually not something that I can do. It's something that God does through me. You see, so if we will be able to interpret our dreams, we need the Spirit of God. If you don't have the Spirit of God in you, you're going to make mistake in interpreting your dream. Daniel, in Daniel chapter 2, 26 to 27, um, Vanessa, read for me. Belteshazzar. Yes. Are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and its interpretation? Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, and the soothsayers cannot declare to the king. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed were... Amen. So, the king had a dream. He knew he had a dream. A very strange dream. But when he woke up, he couldn't remember the dream. But he knew he had had a dream that was significant, even though he couldn't remember it. Has that happened to you sometimes? You, woke, you know that, I know I had a dream, but I cannot remember the dream. And you kind of have that feeling that it was an important dream and you need to remember it. But you can't remember. That's exactly what happened to Nebuchadnezzar. But he, because he knew the importance of dreams, didn't just want it to just slide by. He called all his magicians, soothsayers, astrologers, whatever. He called all of them and said to them, I had a dream last night. I don't remember the dream. All of you, you have to tell me the dream that I had and then explain it to me. Or oh, I cut off your head. And the magicians and astrologers and soothsayers were like, Ken, we've never heard this anywhere before. How can you have your dream and I should be the one to tell you the dream you had? Brother, you tell us the dream and then we'll explain it to you. And the king said, no, I can't remember. You go and tell, come and tell me the dream that I had and then explain it to me. So what did Daniel do? He went and prayed. When he prayed and he slept, he had a dream. And when he woke up, he knew that the dream he had was a dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. And so he went to the king and told him that, look, as for me, there is no way I would have known this. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. So Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar the dream he had. And then he explained the dream Nebuchadnezzar. Do you know? That that dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, it is still being fulfilled as we speak right now. It was a dream that spanned across many kingdoms. Even Alexander the Great from the Greek Empire was part of that dream. 
the rise of the Roman Empire was part of that dream. And right now, the system that we are in right now is that part of Nebuchadnezzar's dream that is unfolding. And what is yet to happen was a stone from heaven coming to hit the foot of the statue that he saw in his dream. That is a prophecy yet to be fulfilled. So, I mean, can you imagine just a dream spans across many generations? So, we need the Spirit of God to be able to understand and interpret the dreams we have. Beverly, can you read this for me? Which is in him. Which is in him only. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things which have been given here by God. Amen. See, this is a scripture, a good scripture for you guys to memorize. Okay? Remember the whole thing? Of course. It's a good scripture to memorize. It says, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit, I've skipped some, for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For no man, it says, what man understands the things of what? That part I don't know. Except the spirit of that man. Likewise, no man or... Anyway, the important part is what I told you. So, the, the, what, the important part I want you to see is, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. God has revealed them unto us. So you have a confusing dream, Kelly, and you don't understand it, God can reveal it to you. So you need the Spirit of God to understand dreams. The other thing that you need to be able to interpret your dreams is what the Bible calls an excellent spirit. An excellent spirit is essentially a spirit of holiness, right living. You know, if you are not living right, you will make a mistake in always interpreting your dreams. Oh, yes. Let's try and get it. In Daniel 1.8, we, we read of Daniel. The Bible says, But Daniel resolved in his heart, or purposed in his heart, not to defile himself with the royal food which is going to the king's table. You know, in the, in the Babylonian world, there were idol worshippers. The food that they give to the king before it gets to the king, they will offer it to the idols, right? So the food was already tainted with idolatry. And Daniel, being a Jew, he knew that it was against his Jewish law 
to eat food offered to idols. So he went to, he was taken to Babylon as a slave, brought to the palace as a slave, and the king said, give them the food that you give me because I want them to eat and look good so that they will serve in my house. So you go to the king's palace and the food that they are coming to give to the king, they give you some to eat. Isn't that a breakthrough? Isn't that a miracle? As a slave, they are giving you the king's food. But Daniel resolved, in other words, decided, purposed in his heart. Me, Daniel, this food they are bringing, I will not eat it. Because I know it has been offered to idols. Why? Because he didn't want to defile himself. Remember what we talked about last week? About defiling your flesh? He knew that if he did that, he would defile himself. All the gift he has about dreams and interpreting dreams will be all messed up. So he didn't want to. And so he demonstrated an excellent spirit. In Daniel 5 verse 12. Am I moving too fast? In Daniel 5, 12, it reads, Anel, read it for me. Louder a bit, please. Enigmas. Those are, that's another word for difficult problems. Mm-hmm. Right, and Irina, read Daniel 6, 3. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave God to setting him over the whole realm. Amen. Is the temperature okay? It's hot? Excuse me, no. No, it's cold. Okay, let's, let's go on. Is the temperature fine? Okay, I'll go with what Chelsea is saying. <laughs> so, see, Daniel, it says he had an excellent spirit that allowed him to interpret dreams, riddles, and difficult problems. Difficult problems. I mean, you give Daniel a mathematical problem of only alphabets, which ends in a number. Have you seen those, those kind of questions before? You guys, have you done, all, do you do algebra in school? Oh. They just give you A plus C divided by Z, all into brackets, squared, divided by root square, C plus 8, Z equals 5. Solve for X. <laughs> Such a confusing problem, you give it to Daniel, he solves it for you. He had the wisdom to solve difficult problems. Are you guys with me? Yes. Yes. Uh oh. I'm sorry. No, I'm not even trying to be fun. Like when I walked in, it really smells. Uh oh. All right. Let's open the door. Let's open that that door. Can someone open the door there? <laughs> now, let's move on. Sorry, my apologies. No, not the outside one, just that one. And open the, yeah. Allow some uh, You guys are good for us to continue? Yeah? 
No, no, open that one. Yeah, leave it open. Okay. So Daniel had an excellent spirit because he chose not to defile himself. Are you with me, Lorna? All right. Let's move on. Joseph also had an excellent spirit. Now pay attention, guys. You all heard of Joseph. Judah, can you read for me? Genesis 39, 7 to 20. Guys, can we all pay attention as we read this? Yes. Um, and it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast morning eyes on Joseph. And she said, Lie with me. And, but he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in the, ho in the house. And he has committed all that he has to my head. There is no one, there's no one greater in this house than I, nor... Has he kept back anything from me but you? Because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph was into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house was inside. Okay, who will continue? Um, Liz. From there, read from the screen. From 12, read. Guys, I want you to follow, okay? But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. Mm -hmm. And so it was when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside, that she called to the men of the house and spoke to them. See, he has brought in, brought in to us a Hebrew to mock us. He came in to me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And it happened when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out, that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came. Michaela, can you continue? Then she spoke to him under words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came in to mock me. So it happened, as I lifted my voice and cried out, that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was, when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to me after this manner, that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison. Amen. So, to interpret dreams, you need to have an excellent spirit. If you don't have an excellent spirit, you will always interpret your dreams wrongly what do we mean by an excellent spirit a spirit of living right okay living right a holy life joseph we know had this gift to interpret dreams how was he able to have that gift and keep it we see he had a commitment to live right he lives in his master's um, palace and his master's wife cast her eyes upon him. Joseph was good looking. I mean, by the way, if, if you are not aware, he was good looking. He had all the muzzles, the six pack, the whatever, mustache, um, nice beard, very good looking. And so when Potiphar's wife saw him, she liked him. 
and wanted to have sexual relationship with Joseph. Joseph was a slave, okay? And so what would have made his life more easier than for him to have his master's wife as his mistress, right? Because then he gets to have free favors. He gets to then live. Maybe his master's wife can offer him scholarship to the university or do something nice for him. But his master's wife says, I want you to sleep with me. And Joseph says, no, it will be wrong for me to do that. Now, his master's wife never gives up. And that's something I want to talk to you guys about. You know, especially when we talk about um, sexual sins. Because this whole thing about Joseph is an example of sexual temptation. Sexual temptation never gives up. Okay? Like Potiphar's wife, when she told Joseph that I like you, and Joseph said no, what should be the normal? If somebody says I like you and you say no, I don't like you, shouldn't they just go away? Uh-huh. You see? But they don't. They... They don't. When somebody actually has fallen in love with you and you say, no, you ladies, you know, you know it. They will not leave you alone. They will constantly keep on bugging you. Right? And that is because, guys, listen, that is because sexual temptation is very strong. It does not let you go easily. Regardless of what, it, what form it comes. It may come as pornography. Right? It will not just let you go like that. You know, the devil will deceive you and say, Oh, it's just this one time. Just look at it. Just this one time. But what you don't know is that, as we read it, you know, it says, She caught him by his garments. Sexual temptation is that forceful. It will hook you just like that and you have to come to that point in your life where you say I want to be free from this and you have to go to every extent it will take to set yourself free remember one time was one guy in this church who was struggling like that and told me that yeah this is what I'm dealing with and so I said to him you have a computer at home with internet connection. If I were in your shoes and I was having the problem you are having, I would take a scissors and cut my internet cord so that I won't have internet on my computer to even have access to that garbage. Of course, that will come with a price because you need internet to do other stuff. But I would rather stay alive and be connected to God with no internet than to have internet and be on my way to hell. Do you get it? It will cost you something if you really want to be free from sexual bondage. Sexual bondage destroys people. It is that strong of a demon. And so, like Potiphar's wife, she never gave up on Joseph. It actually says that one day, right, look at um, verse 10. So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by 
day, every time, pestering you, every time. Just when I say I am not doing it again, the next moment you, write, you find yourself right again into it. You realize that you are in bondage. That is the surest sign that you need help. And last week I told you guys that the first step to getting help is talking to somebody about it. If you are struggling and you have not told anybody about it, you are really not helping yourself. You have to tell someone. And the number one person, you guys are lucky and fortunate and blessed to have a youth pastor. You can tell me, right? Of course, you'll not be courageous to tell your mom or dad. They may, they may not even get you and may take it out of the window and treat it in a different light altogether. But your youth pastor like myself, I understand what those struggles are. I'll pray with you. I will counsel you. I will encourage you not to give up. Continue to hold on and fight to, the, to your last breath to be free. There are many people that I've ministered to, they've been free. You can be free as well. So, Verse 11 is what I want to highlight. It happened at this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none, none of the men were inside the house. Watch it. Sexual temptation will always find you when you are alone, when nobody is around, when you are the only one there. Nobody will see what you do, right? Nobody was at home. That was when Potiphar's wife saw this is the right moment for me to get Joseph. There's nobody home. It's just the two of us. Nobody will see what I do on the computer. Nobody will see where I go. It's just me. And so she went to him, say, hey, lie with me. And caught him by his garment. And Joseph said, um, you can have my garment. Away, bus. I am out of here. And he ran away. And he was framed by Potiphar's wife, but he didn't care. He would rather live in prison than to stay in the palace and know that he's done something wrong. You know, that's the kind of excellent spirit you need if you are going to have that ability to interpret dreams. A certain resolution in your heart that I will not sin against God. Whether somebody is there or nobody is there. Whether people are watching me or nobody is watching me. I will not sin against God. Okay? Princess? You have to. It's a choice you make. Let's move on. The third thing you need if you interpret dreams properly is to know the scriptures. You have to know the scriptures. There are some dreams that you can never be able to interpret it if you don't know the scripture that that dream is speaking to. Okay? Let's read this scripture in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Robert, can you see? And read for me, please. Betrothed, betrothed, that is engaged. It's an old word for engaged. Was betrothed to Joseph 
and Joseph, I could do just be just mad and not wanting to make her a public example was minded to put her away secretly. But while her thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for, for that which is conceived in, in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and not and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. So all, so all was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. God with us. Thank you, Robert. Amen. Now, we all know this scripture because it's a Christmas scripture. Actually, this is the scripture on which the whole series is based. Can we close the door now? Okay. This is the scripture on which the series is based. Joseph has a dream. And in his dream, an angel appears to him and tells him, do not be afraid, like the text message that I got. <laughs> do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And he wakes up. You have such a dream. How does that dream make sense to you? Right? Now, Matthew, the one who wrote this book, as he is writing this dream that Joseph had, he's trying to make sense of the dream. What does this dream mean? How does Matthew then get the meaning of this dream? He says, So all this was done. In other words, this whole dream was so that it will be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child. So Matthew was able to understand the dream that Joseph had because he knew a scripture in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 where there was a prophecy that a virgin will conceive and shall give birth to a son and his name will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. So the moment the angel appeared to Joseph and said, what is conceived in Mary is of the Holy Spirit. Matthew got it. He understood that dream, that that was the virgin who Isaiah spoke about as going to conceive. Amen. There are many dreams that you will have that is actually just a play of scriptures live in your dream. So, for instance, how many of you have had a dream about the rapture? You had a dream about the rapture, right? Now, think about it. If you knew nothing about the rapture and didn't know anything about it from the Bible and you had a dream and people are vanishing, how will you even understand such a dream? You'll be confused. 
But if you know the Bible, and you know what the Bible teaches about what is going to happen in the end times, and you have a dream, and I've, I've had several of those dreams, where people are vanishing, or those who are being raptured are being ascended and we are going to heaven. Immediately I wake up, you know that this dream that I had is telling me that Jesus is coming very soon. Right? But if you don't know the Bible, you'll be as confused as anybody. Now what's this all this vanishing, vanishing thing that I'm seeing? Right? So there are many dreams you'll have like that. Sometimes you have a dream where I'll tell you a dream that someone had. So someone had a dream, and in the dream, God was distributing things to people. So this one comes, they got a car. Another person comes, they got a house. Right? So people are getting stuff, nice stuff. And it gets to his turn, and you know what God gives him? A sheet of paper. Tiny sheet of paper. And he's like, what? You're giving people stuff and you give me a sheet of paper? And then he hears a voice saying, read what's in the paper. So he, oh, he flips it and then in the sheet of paper, there's just four words. The rest of God. And he's like, what's this? And then underneath, there's a footnote saying, to understand this, you need to read Hebrews chapter so verse so. And then he wakes up. So the interpretation of the dream was in that Hebrew scripture. So quickly he turns to that scripture. And all that scripture says, Those who have entered into the rest of God have ceased from their labor. In other words, you know, you have to work to get a house. You have to work to get a car. You have to work to get any stuff that anybody is working. But the ones who have entered into the rest of God, they have already, it's like they're on retirement. They have stopped working. Everything is already provided for them. They have stopped working. So then he knew that that dream, whatever he received, even though it was a tiny sheet of paper, it was the best gift more than anybody's, uh, whatever anybody else got. Right? So you need to have knowledge of scriptures. Now, the question that I have for you is, how will you know that tonight, the dream you are going to have, you will actually need to know Zephaniah chapter 2 verse 14 to understand that dream. <laughs> you don't even know what's in Zephaniah 2 14, do you know? <laughs> right? You won't know. You will not know. And that is why if you want to operate in this gift of interpreting dreams, you have to be a diligent student of the Bible. Like reading it every day from cover to cover, reading Reading Because you never know when something will be shown to you that you need to pull from somewhere. Okay? If you don't, if you're not a diligent student of the Bible, you, you oftentimes will be confused when God is speaking to you. Because if God is speaking to you through dreams, guaranteed, 99.9% .9 of the times, everything God is saying to you, you will find it traceable in the Bible. There are those few ones that this is the person you want to marry, you won't find in the Bible. Right? <laughs> but most of the stuff you will find in the Bible. And so if you know the Bible, you can be sure that you will not be deceived. Any question at this point? No. Okay, let's move on. We're going good with time. The fourth one, this is an important one, and I think I'll end with this one. The fourth 
thing you need if you interpret dreams properly is to be able to discern between familiar spirits. What are familiar spirits? Familiar spirits are spirits who are familiar with your life. They are spirits who are not from God. They are demons. But they know everything about a person's life. I mean, things in the past. Okay? It's only God who knows the future. But familiar spirits pretty much have an archive of everything in your... See, if I were to ask you, your great-great-great-great-grandfather, what was his name? Do you know? You have no clue. Yeah. See, you have no clue, but the familiar spirit knows. Because they've been around, they've been around longer than you have. Do you know how, how long the devil has been around? Right? As long as human beings have been around. That's how long the demons have been around. So, do you think the demon knows your great, 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 great grandfather's auntie's son? Of course they do. They know. So, that's why we call them familiar spirits. So, every, every one of us, there are spirits who are familiar with everything about our life. That's why you should not be surprised when you walk into a psychic's office and he tells you stuff many, many years ago that happened in your family. It's the demon that's just feeding that psychic and telling them things that have happened because they've kept the records in the realm of the spirit. Are, are you all with me? This part is very important. Please don't miss it because it will help you greatly. You have to discern Familiar spirits. Last week we talked about this scripture. Who will read it for me? Um, Ransford, having heard your voice. Saul then said to his attendants, Find me a woman who is a so I may go in the garden of her. There is one in the ground, he said. So Saul quiet, quiet, guys. Please, no talking. And at night, he and two men went to the woman. Because Saul is here for me, he said. And bring up for me the name, the one I named. The woman asked, Whom shall I bring up for you? Bring up Samuel, he said. The king said to her, Don't be afraid. What do you see? The woman said, I see a ghostly figure coming up out of the earth. What does he look like? He said, An old man wearing a robe is coming up. She said, This all knew, perceived it was Samuel. And he bowed down and prostrated himself on his face to the ground. Amen. Now, there is more scripture there, but um, let's talk about this before we move on. So, Samuel, uh, Saul goes to a psychic, right, a medium. Saul is about to face a battle. He's scared. He knows he's likely to lose. He wants to find out what's really going to happen in this battle. Let's go find a witch, a psychic, a medium who can bring up the spirit of the dead. Who was dead? Samuel the prophet was dead. If Samuel was alive, Saul would usually go to Samuel so that Samuel would ask God and God would tell Samuel what he should tell Saul what is going to happen. Right? But Samuel is dead. Saul has lost his own personal connection to God, so he couldn't go to God himself. He tried it. God didn't mind him. 
right? Because you need an excellent spirit to hear from God. Saul didn't have an excellent spirit. So God wasn't talking to him, okay? And so he says, okay, let me go find some witch, some psychic somewhere who will bring up the spirit of Samuel from the dead so that I can ask Samuel what is going to happen in this battle. So he finds this woman, and the woman does her thing, and Saul asks her, what are you seeing? Who is coming up? And the woman says, I see a ghostly figure, so something like a ghost, coming up from the earth, <coughs> right? And then he says, what does he look like? He says, it's an old man wearing a robe. That's more like how Samuel will dress. And so when she says it's an old man wearing a robe, what does Saul make his conclusion to be? Oh, that is Samuel. So he begins to engage in conversation with whoever that being was. Now, you see, Saul, think of it. It's like Saul is having a dream, right? And he sees something and he interprets what he's seen. What does he see? Through the eyes of the witch, Saul is seeing a ghostly figure who is an old man wearing a robe. And so Saul decides, his interpretation is that what I am seeing must be Samuel and begins to engage in conversation with Samuel. I'm saying that to interpret dreams properly, you need to discern between familiar spirits. To discern familiar spirits is to be, have the ability to tell whether this spirit is from God or this spirit is not from God. This one is the spirit of the devil and this one is the spirit of God. It is a gift that God gives to us to be able to distinguish. If you don't have that ability, there's a great chance you'll make a mistake because oftentimes in your dreams, you will see somebody. You will see the face of someone. Like this ghostly being is coming with the face of who? Samuel. So sometimes in your dream, as you sleep, you may see your mom jumping over you and trying to choke you. Right? People have those dreams. That's why I'm using it as an example. And then they wake up. And what do they conclude? My mom is a witch. That's how they conclude. That's so wrong. So, so wrong. And the devil does that oftentimes to bring division in homes and families. Because the, the, that's what the, the devil's aspect is to destroy and bring division. One of the titles of the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of unity. So anywhere there is no unity, he's not there. And so the devil tries and brings division through some of these means. So you go and the prophet will say, uh, it's, your, it's, your, it's your mom that is doing you. Right? Don't go and write that English. That one is my English. Okay? Because he's seeing something and he thinks that whatever he's seeing is whoever he's seeing. No. Familiar spirits can take on the form of anyone that they are familiar with. Are you getting it? So don't just conclude that because you saw your grandmother who is in Ghana who just has two teeth left in her mouth, 
that you saw her in your dream chasing you, that that old woman is a witch. Because that's what Saul did. And he made a big mistake. Let's see how he made that mistake. He began first by prostrating. You see in verse um, 14, he prostrated himself to the ground. So he's actually acknowledging that this being, he's submitting to that being. The moment you do that, you come under the control of that spirit. Right? So that's how come people have some of these weird dreams. Judah is with me. Sometimes you, some people have these weird dreams and whatever they see actually happens. Right? It actually happens and they think, oh yeah, I see bingo, that's what I saw. No, it's because you actually submitted yourself to that spirit so now whatever they want to do is what will happen to you. Do you get it? It's exactly what, that's how psychics operate. You know, people go to the psychic and the psychic will tell them, I see an accident ahead of you as you pass this road. Right? And they believe it. And they go and the accident happens. And you think that, oh yeah, the psychic, whatever. No, no, they just cursed you with an accident and you believed it and it happened. Are you getting it? The Bible says actually in the book of Romans that to whomever you submit yourself as servants to obey, that being or that person becomes your master. And so then in Romans, Paul then encourages us, then rather submit yourselves to God and don't make your body as instruments of unrighteousness. So it's very important that you are able to discern when you have dreams because I tell you, if I was following everybody that I saw in my dream doing something bad and concluding that they are witch or wizard, then I should have no friends. Or I should not even talk to anybody in my family. Right? And you become a lonely person. And that's the devil's trap. Are you getting it? But you have to be a spiritual person with the spirit of God in you, with an excellent spirit. Because if you don't have an excellent spirit, I mean, you, you guys bear me with If you don't have an excellent you're already cheating, you're already telling lies, you're already sleeping with your boyfriend or girlfriend, and doing all those nasty stuff with porn, and then you have a dream and you see this ghostly figure. How on earth are you going to know that this thing that I'm seeing is not from God? There's no way. Do you get it? You're already playing in the devil's backyard. And he shows up. How will you know that this is the devil? You're already in his backyard and playing. That is why Daniel and Joseph, they, Joseph determined, Potiphar, I would rather go to prison than to have anything to do with you. And Daniel said, I mean, the king can cut off my head. Me, I'm not eating the food coming from his table. Because you must value hearing God's voice more than your own life. Okay? If, if you can train yourself to hear God's voice and value it, it will mean more to you than life itself. Yeah. Yeah. Because... I mean, you can decide, I want to go and study um, architecture in school. It's your decision, right? And you decide that. Not knowing that that architecture you are going to study is what is going to make you fall from that building and you will die. You will not know. How will you know? How will you know? You won't know. 
But do you think God knows? God knows. Or you want to be a medical doctor, but you don't know that that patient you are going to inject, that there will be an accident there and his HIV AIDS blood is going to mix with yours. How will you know that? No, no, no. But how will you know that? Uh -huh. That is why, see, that is why the voice of God in your life is more important to you than anything else. And so anything that will try to interrupt that voice, you must fight it with all your life. Do you get it? Why do you think the devil busies himself to try to just get us to sin? Why? Why? Because the devil knows in Isaiah 59, God has said, My ears are not heavy that I cannot hear you, and my hands are not short that I cannot save you or help you, but it is because of your sins that have separated you from me so that I cannot hear you. The devil knows that scripture. Maybe you don't know, but the devil knows it. So he knows the moment he can get you to sin, he, he separates you from God. So now God speaks to you that, hey, don't take that next step because there's a pit there. You are going to fall into it. But now you can't hear him and the devil gets you. Amen? Chris, you have your hand up. Yeah. What are you trying to say from here? Like, I understand. Sorry? Part, like the part that you said, like, how would you know, like, how if the spirit comes to you and talks to you? Like, right. Yeah, like the sound would be. Right. How will you know? That's, okay, good question. So let's move on. We'll, we'll try to get it. So he continues, and then that ghost figure comes. The ghost figure comes, and now the ghost figure begins to talk to Saul. Are you with me? Hello? 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 So the ghost figure begins to talk to Saul, and the ghost figure says, Why are you bringing me up? Now, think about it, guys. If Samuel was coming back to talk to Saul, where do you think he will come from? Up or down? Which direction? Will he come down or he will come up? He will come down. Why? Because he will be up. Right? So, if you have the Spirit of a Holy, the Holy Spirit in you, giving you the gift of discernment, these are the things. This, this is ways that Saul could have discerned that, hey, wait a minute, this thing that uh, is coming and is looking like Saul, is looking like Samuel, uh, he's saying that, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? Why is he saying up? I'm thinking that Samuel should be up there already, so he should be coming down. Why is this spirit saying, bringing me up? Do you get it? Then it should already ring a bell. It, it, you see, Saul will not think this way except by the Holy Spirit. Do you get it? And he will not be able to think this way because he has already sinned and so the Holy Spirit is not speaking to him. So he will miss all these details. Bringing me up. And then now the Spirit begins to tell him stuff that the Spirit knows Samuel had told Saul while Samuel was alive. But he pretends as though he is the one saying it. He says, verse um, 17, The Lord has done what he predicted through me. That's, it's a lie, right? Because that wasn't Samuel. That was a demon. And then he goes on in verse 19 and begins to curse Saul. No, he actually cursed him and Saul died. He says, the Lord will deliver both Israel and you into the hands of Philistines. And tomorrow you and your sons 
will be with me. You see, that's another discerning point that Saul missed. If Saul knew that he had disconnected himself from God, and he's trying to talk to God, and God is not hearing him, but Samuel was connected to God, and Samuel knew God, and Samuel is dead, so Samuel must be with God, and he's saying that, Saul, you are going to die tomorrow, and you are going to be with me. Does Saul think that when he dies, he's going to be with God? He shouldn't think so. He should think that when I die, I'm going to go to be with the devil. <laughs> but he misses that too. So, without the gift to discern between spirits, you can easily miss your dream. Yes. No, this Saul is King Saul, the first king of Israel. Any question? I'm done, actually. For today. Yes. Question about the verse? You said like the, the, the demon cursed Saul and the son. So why did Saul's sons Why did Saul's sons deserve to die? That is a good question. I don't want to get into it. We can talk about it another time. I don't want to get into it now. It's a good question. Yes. And I have another question. Like, no, you're talking about like all the Chicago. Like how you're talking in the beginning of what something like but ask the question maybe yeah, I'll remember what do you mean by like those stuff like how the evil thing like you talked about three things on the like it said evil the devil and then something else like, the source of your dreams yeah, the flesh yeah, the devil and then God you missed last week Chris I talked about it last week um we can talk after, okay? So, let's um, wrap up. Ability to discern familiar spirits. Now, let's read this scripture. This is the last scripture, and then we'll close. Lawrence, read this scripture for me. You cannot see? Oh, no. You can read it. Oh, you have your glasses. Okay, good. 2 Corinthians 11, 14 to 15. Pay attention. This is important, and then we'll pray. Um, and, no, and no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing of his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness. Those end, whose end? Whose end will be according to, those, to their works. Amen. So this scripture is telling us, don't even be surprised that you would see something in your dream and it's actually not whoever you are seeing. Because even Satan himself transforms himself into an angel. Right? So you could have a dream and an angel appears to you. My son, Emmanuel. You see that young lady in your class that sits um, on the right side at the back behind you? He's actually my perfect choice for you to marry. And it's an angel that appears to you. But you know this lady doesn't go to church, doesn't have anything to do with God, doesn't want to have anything to do with God. How will you then discern that this angel is a devil? Just from scriptures. Bible says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So you know God cannot contradict himself. If God is telling us not to be 
unequally yoked with an unbelievers, he cannot tell you that your best, his best pick for you is an unbeliever. Okay? Any question? Then we'll pray. Did you learn something? Yes. You can have that ability to interpret dreams. I'm just giving you important secrets for you to activate that ability. Right? You need to connect to God. You need to walk in an excellent spirit. You need to get into the Bible. Right? And we're going to do this last one and actually pray because it's a gift. You see here in this scripture, let's, this is our prayer point. It says in, um, we'll come to this one. In this scripture, 1 Corinthians 12, 10, it says, uh, da, 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 princess, read for me. Prophesy. Uh huh. Okay, yeah, let's add that. Let's end there. So he gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. He gives. Who is he? God. God gives that ability all of a sudden chelsea you wake up and you have that ability because a gift a gift if i'm giving you a gift does it take one year for you to get that gift no i mean it's just christmas i just have to parcel the gift and i meet you and i just hand it over to you all of a sudden you have the gift do you get it bible says of daniel remember when we read it daniel he says as for these four boys God gave them. God gave them. God gave. So it's actually in God's hands right now as I'm speaking. He wants to give that gift to you and to you and to you. God gave them. So you just have that ability. Somehow you understand the dream you had. Somehow you understand the dream your mom told you. You know exactly this is what it means. It is a gift. You know that this thing that I saw in my dream, that one was the devil, even though it looked like an angel. It's a gift from God. God gave them. We want to pray. Uh, humbly as we all be on our feet. As we pray. So our first prayer I want to pray for the spirit of understanding to rest on us, to give us understanding in all dreams and visions. And we see that here, that God gave them knowledge, skill, literature, and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions. So we're praying that the Lord will cause the spirit of understanding to rest upon us. Now, See, when you ask God right now to give you a BMW, do you think, what are the chances that God will give you a BMW if you ask for him right now? Right? Right now. Do you think that God will give you a BMW? How are you going to pay the insurance? Right? 
So, the chances of God answering that prayer is, is very low. But when you ask God for the spirit of understanding, what are the chances that he will, he will answer that prayer? Of course, that is a good request. And any parent will give a good thing to their child. This is 100% answered prayer guaranteed. That if you truly, I mean, except you just stand there and just look in the ceiling and don't really pray. Right? Because God looks at the heart. It's not just your lips. He's looking at your heart. Are you really into this thing? And are you really asking me for the spirit of understanding? If you truly ask him for it, 100% guarantee he will give you that spirit. Okay? Let's close our eyes as we pray. I want you to pray and ask God in your own way, in your own words, Lord, let the spirit of understanding come upon me to give me understanding in all visions and dreams. Lo malas kisholo mosihatas. Sele prados gravele prandus kishondes. Mendolovo sumale prade sokianda batayas. Zipalo shekes. Eyes that see. Ears that hear. Hearts that understand. Let these be given unto us, Lord. Eyes that see. Ears that hear. Hearts that understand. La lombra de cavasula paras. Distributed law. Romale fleduske shunta paritose. Seeing eyes. Hearing ears. Understanding hearts. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Want to pray the next prayer? Pray for the gift of descending of spirits. This is one of the nine gifts of the Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit gives us nine gifts. The Spirit of wisdom, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, descending of spirits, the gift of prophecy, the interpretation of tongues, the gift of tongues, working of miracles, Gifts of healings. And then what? What's the last one? I said the gift of tongues. I said interpretation of the gift of faith. Right? Nine gifts. This is one of them. The gift of discerning of spirits. If you have that gift, and somebody walks into the room today, and that person is an agent from the devil, you quickly know. Without even speaking to the person, you know this one is coming from the devil. Right? Or someone is by the roadside, a beggar. But you know that is actually an angel sitting there. Because you're able to discern and know that this is this kind of spirit. It's a gift from God. You want it, you just ask for it. Let's close our eyes and pray. Ask God if you want it. Lord, give me the gift of discerning of spirits. Korondola moshifala brates. Malos kosuta paridoske. Fela pratikia somas. Zoparendole montes kizotavaya. We are asking for something that is beyond human ability. Holy Spirit, give us this gift. In the name of Jesus. 
Zelembre dus kosunti vekuri adaba. Ha na le ma zedu yesu kemontes. Shalom vradikamas kozuri apletus kesudibakwa. Sikarita le prondes keshula vesumre dilias. Kalo farabelos. Thank you, Lord. The Lord wants me to tell you guys to pay attention from today. Pay particular attention to your life, to the events of your life, because something is going to change. Something is going to shift. You're going to have more dreams. The Lord is going to speak to you more. He wants you to pay attention as he does that. Father, we thank you. We are nothing, Lord. In fact, when we think of all our weaknesses and struggles, we are lost for words why you still pay attention to us and you still care about us. And so, Lord, we are grateful and we say thank you that in all our weakness, you still love us and are here to help us and strengthen us to overcome. All we ask is that you will sharpen our spiritual senses so that when you speak to us, we can hear you and that we will understand you. Lord, we commit the rest of the series into your hands. Next week, as we look at how to respond to our dreams, we pray that you will give us your word in a way and manner that it will also be said of us that we are dream interpreters by the Spirit of God. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Now I speak the blessing of God upon your life. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord reveal himself to you in countless visions and dreams. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.